You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This is our spooktacular Halloween issue, and we're finishing up our Joker month. So, guys, do we have a cool challenge this issue? Can you do me a favor? (laughs) When you introduce me, can you call me... Imagine if, yeah, we've got a good one. We're gonna build a, we're gonna take the Joker for another spin this week, and we're gonna create a team that's going to destroy the DC multiverse. Oh, maybe just the universe. We'll take our. Time. I mean, if you want to do the multiverse, <laughs> that's cool. Rafa, ultimately, it's one of those things that's difficult because Joker is notoriously really bad at working with other people because he's kind of a wild card, right? Just like the Joker showcases in the card game. So, whatever we have in store, it should be spooktacular. Yeah, I mean, the idea that we came up with this challenge is that let's let's create a team where the Joker, a villain team, where the Joker is the leader. Do you? Re- I mean, can the Joker be the leader of a villain team? Legion of Doom usually doesn't have him as the leader. Ju- Injustice Society or Injustice Gang doesn't usually have him as the leader. But the good thing is, you let him think he's the leader. Yes. That way you don't die. Because you know what happens if you don't invite him? If you don't invite him, it's Alexander bad. Luther learned this the hard way. It's very true. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and even Lex Luthor knew to be like, you may be me from an alternate universe, but you always let the Joker play. <laughs> it's kind of like you have a master plan, and then you have like a backup plan or a secondary plan that you give to him saying, this is the master plan. We need you for this. And he's off doing something else while they do the actual plan. Or it's like, you remember when you were a little kid and you tried to help your dad and he's like, you just keep getting in the way, so here's what you're going to do. <laughs> go go, go find a, a bulb wrench. And you're that, like, I'm on it, dad. That, but when you're playing video games with your like your, your little sibling and you tell them that you plugged in the, yeah. the controller, but not really, so you just give them a controller, but you're the one really playing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's our Joker analogy. Wait, 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 wait. I was the little sibling in this. Are you saying my controller wasn't plugged in? When my brother was playing, your controller's still not plugged in. I don't, don't want to call out any b- big brothers. <laughs> uh, yes, that's what we're going to do. Our challenge for this week, the end of uh, October, our Joker month, we want to put the Joker in charge of the villain team. We want to make it supernatural to go with Halloween. Give them a, a, a big, over-the-top, spooktacular kind of uh, mission, and then give them a hero to go up against. So uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys came up with. But before we get to that... Let's get to that spinner rack. All right, it's Wednesday. It's time to go to the Elk local comic shop. Let's see what we can find. So coming at you this week from DC Comics, it'll be the Aquaman Giant. That's right. These giants are going to be expanding and going all over the place. Normally, we've seen them started off at Walmart with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Justice League. This time, Aquaman will get his own at the local comic shop. 
So if you want to see some adventure starring Aquaman, the Ocean Master, the Trench, Beast Boy, actually, yeah, yeah Beast Boy, and Aqua Lad, Mara, and the rest of the crew, uh, go check these out. They're not too bad. They start off at $4.99. Uh, you're going to get, I believe, one new story and then three or four reprints. So that's a great deal to get a lot of comic books so that way you can see what you want to check out. Batman and the Outsiders will be getting their first annual. So this is one year in the making. So we're going to see Batman and Katana on the cover. Uh, Brian Hill's coming at us. And basically, this is going to deal with the soul of Katana's husband. It's trapped in her sword. So what's going to happen? So they're going to either try to relieve him or maybe the blade itself will be going through some disastrous stuff. So it's very Halloween spooky indeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Batman by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Their Omnibus Volume 1 will be coming out. This will collect the bulk of their... New 52 Adventures Together. These two gentlemen have joined forces and rocked Batman's world. Yes, they um, have. Yes, they have. Yeah, I mean, the, you're talking about so much for it being relatively new, but having such deep root now in the Batman mythos. It's so amazing. Uh, so we're going to be going all the way up from issue one, and we're going to see some Court of Owls, and it's going to take us into zero year. And that's where we uh, see Riddler get those awesome side chops. That does need to go, though. I'm not gonna <laughs> um, speaking of giants, though, DC Ghosts Giants number one will be out. So this is going to take a bunch of our spooky DC supernatural characters. The Spectre, Deadman, Zatanna, Batman, because he's Batman, and Wonder Woman. But I'm glad that she's there because she actually does have some mythology. So anyways, these characters are going to be coming up together. It's going to be 32 pages of new story plus several classic reprints in it. So again, these come at $4.99, so you get a brand new story and then some reprints along the way. Deceased Part 6 of 6. It's finally coming to a conclusion. So it comes to a con- conclusion the day before Halloween. Yes, they did that on purpose, actually. It has to be. Uh, they, 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 uh, they late skipped a month, and then they double shipped oh. this month, so that way they could get it going. Uh, this has been fantastic. This, is, uh, this series just... Talk about you know somebody coming up to the plate and hitting a grand slam for their oh, first yeah. time at the bat. And not to say that this is Tom Taylor's first time at the bat, because he is always a phenomenon. But I mean, Marvel Zombies was a great idea and it hit hard and fast but then it kind of fell apart because you know kids would go to comic shops and they'd be grabbing zombie spider-man captain america with his brains exposed and it actually marvel was kind of like we're not going to make toys of this stuff anymore and we're not really going to do this as much we're not like we don't want our superheroes emulated this way mm. and it and felt like a gimmick right it wasn't yeah. it wasn't really didn't have caught into anything exactly yeah. Yeah. i mean it was a spinoff from ultimate fantastic four yeah well i mean when it started in fanny four it was great I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and volume one, I remember reading volume one, but it just like like Ralph was saying, it just it didn't have that pull. There no. was no heartstring, especially when you get to uh, Marvel Zombies versus Ash. Like yeah, and then it just became yeah. gimmicky. It was like, to the okay. point where like the last heroes alive were what Ghost Rider and like Howard the Duck. Some some ridiculous. Really? Yeah, that's kind of where I kind of got to. I mean, yeah. is Ghost Rider alive? Yes. In my heart. Okay. <laughs> Always raging with the, the, the inferno of the heart. Yeah, no. But the difference there is, I mean, with Deceased, you know, I thought of, oh, there's going to be another gimmicky thing, but just issue five alone oh, has God. some of the most heart I've ever read in a comic book. And it's such a, and it's, it's a shame that it is kind of like in its own thing because of the fact that if it was in main continuity, like the way that it hits punch is just knowing that this probably isn't going to be what the standard is in a couple of months. Still. So let me ask you this: Have they given this a destination? Is it a or a designation? Is it a is it Earth like fifty one or something? I don't I don't know. No, they haven't really said that. Uh, like, I know man. the I know multiversity 
gave every Earth yeah, like the, a that version. was Grant Morrison, and right. he purposely decided was like, hey, we're gonna do fifteen or no fifty two worlds, and that's the way it's gonna be. But that um, was pre uh, rebirth, wasn't it? Yeah, well, definitely way pre rebirth. Um, and even then, it's it's more like. This whole Earth designation is, or the the whole multiverse is coming back. Like I think we're gonna we're gonna start going back towards infinite Earth, just because, like Scott Snyder with his vision is just like, no, we, we want to do all these things. Like if there's fifty two Earths, then there's gonna be fifty two dark Earths, and then there's scatterings and smatterings all over the place. So they, I don't think they've like I'm sure if you look up like on the DC wiki, somebody designated a proper number. But having read the series and been following it, I haven't seen any designation that way. Then again, maybe I blacked out. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it's fantastic. So I am I'm actually at the time of this recording, um, I'm going to be I haven't read it yet and I need to write a review so it'll be ready before this recording airs time travel. And I am super hyped for this. Like I cannot wait to sit down. So this is definitely pick yourself up a copy. Um Call a friend and tell them to call you back in forty minutes to check on you. Because I'm sure, <laughs> this is going to hit hard. Yeah, wow. as a as a standalone, you know, Halloween type treat. It's a great, but even as just a great DC story, it's also fantastic. Yeah, like when they release this thing as a collected trade, because uh, what it'll be seven parts: the six issue mini and then the one issue special. That stuff's going to be amazing. I'm like, sure that'll be out in three months, so I'll pick yeah. it up then. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Uh, let's see if you want to save some money. Dollar Comics this week will be reprinting Superman 75. That's right. That's the comic that was going to send you, your children, to college. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan Jurgens did it. He killed the Man of Steel. Uh, that's the famous cover with the stick holding up the torn up Superman cape. My gosh, I remember. that This comic has so much memory. I remember I was in fifth grade, and my dad and I, we would go play basketball at my elementary school. And we were, we just as we were about to head out, my friend called me on the landline. Um because our dinosaur was outside charging. And uh, he calls me on the phone. He's like, I heard they have the comic at Walgreens. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I told my dad, he's like, okay, well, when we're done playing basketball. And we were out out there playing basketball, and I just kept staring in the direction of the Walgreens. So finally my dad's like, all right, let's go. And I ran into that Walgreens. I ran to their comic book rack. That's right. They used to have comic book racks that would sell comics. Uh, you just had to dodge the pterodactyls. And I got the last copy. I think it was like a fourth printing. And I was so happy. I, I went home and I just read it. And then I closed it and I read it again and again. It was insane. Again, the magic of comics, right? The oh. stories that it creates. I mean, even like us thinking back to those fond memories and even talking now as adults, right? And being able to delve into these stories. That's what this is all about. You know? It's... I can't put enough stock into the idea of, you know, for people saying like, oh, that's that's a man child right there <laughs> looking at these things, right? But no, it's these things are real, and that's why the spinner rack exists because people get hype. Not only do we get hype for Halloween, but we get hype for the stories that come out for Halloween as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, fantastic stuff. So treat yourself. Uh, it's only a dollar. You know, if you know a brand new comic book fan or somebody who wants to get into it, give them this book. You will You will lay the seeds that grow a new comic book fan. So fantastic stuff. Uh, let's see. Harleen, part two of three, will be released. Um, this will basically be a – if it does well, it'll be continuity. If it doesn't do well, it'll be a, like an Elseworlds type of thing. So this is basically an extension of Dr. Harleen Quinzel's first interaction with her new charge, the Joker. So they are in Arkham Asylum, and you see her um, interacting with him. Um, this is going to be the foundations of the relationship, and it's going to change things. Uh, we're going to see it in a different light. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's darker. Who knows? And it's part of Black Label, right? I believe so. I believe so. So that's probably a curse on the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, wow. 
And then someone will see Joker's penis. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be one of the characters. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Step Gen, oh, I can't. Uh, but anyway, this the art is just phenomenal on this thing. Like, I highly recommend that. Um, and it's it's not only us just thinking of it being Joker month, but DC is definitely doing that as well. So a brand new miniseries will come out. Uh, this is a three-parter as well. It's called Joker Killer Smile. Um, this one is going to be interesting because... Like I, I, I think it's about a guy who's basically spending too much time with the Joker, and he's kind of conflicted between: is it me or is it the Joker, or is it me being that? Like it's just a weird psychological tale. Uh, Jeffrey Lee Mayer is the the uh, the uh, writer behind this. Andrea Sorrento is the artist behind this one. Uh, I think uh, Jeffrey Lemire is actually doing the covers as well. Oh wow! It's like I really haven't seen much hype about it. But again, it's a Joker story, so this is tough because could it be good? Could it be bad? It's it's always a hard sell because you know. Could you imagine you know back in like nineteen eighty something? Oh, the Joker, uh, the Killing Joke is coming out. Eh, I don't know if I want to get that, you know. <laughs> and then you miss out. So it's it's a tough thing. So I don't know what to tell you. If you're a fan of Jeff Lee Mirror, then I would say do it. Uh, if you're curious about the Joker, then I say try it out. But you never know until you do. Uh, there is going to be a new series coming out from DC. This is called The Last God. Uh, this is going to be more your your uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Final Fantasy type of looking stuff here. Um, and so this comes from Philip Kennedy Johnson, Ricardo Ferresi, and Kari Carpenter, uh, Kai Carpenter. And um, it's basically the story of two fellowships struggling with the same threat, but time will be involved. So there'll be a 30-year gap between the two. So what's going to happen with them? Um, this is the Last God Book 1 of the Felsfire Chronicles. So it looks interesting. It's definitely, if you're looking at comic books, but you don't want to do something that's of the tights and cape, this might be something to escape into fantasy world with. Nightwing Annual 2 will be out. This comes from Dan Jurgens and company. This one's going to be great because this will actually flash back and it'll give us some more space between Dick Grayson getting shot in Batman 55 and then Rick Grayson waking up in, I think, either Nightwing 50 or 51. So it's going to tell us more about that space in between them. Uh, again, this is another book I'm reviewing. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. Um, Dan Jurgens at least did the cover, I believe. So that's phenomenal. So I, I'm very hyped and hoping to see a lot more. Plus, that issue, Batman 55, was very touching because... God, I just lost the artist's name. But him and his son actually did the uh, work on this together. Unfortunately, DC kind of pooped all over that. Uh, I don't think they kept his son's inks or something like that. But it was just very touching at the time to hear what was going on. So, And plus, Nightwing's one of my favorite characters, so I'm definitely hyped to see what's going to happen there. Uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse will be back again this week. And this time, we get the death of Superman. That's right. They're going to go to one of the major storylines in comic books and retell it. Superman will still die. So don't be surprised. But this time, Lois Lane, she's not going to take it as easy as she did last time. Her rage and her feelings will definitely merge her and the Eradicator to become one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a, a woman who has lost her love and the last son of Krypton's protector merged together. Oh, this is going to be nuts. So I am very very hyped for this. When you were hyping it up right now and you're saying like rage, you're like, "Oh, she's going to get a Red Lantern ring." <laughs> Guess not. Well, that's also cool. Throw that on there on top. Yeah, yeah, Eradicator. 
Kryptonian technology and Red Ra- Red Lantern Ring. And, and by the way, obviously, I, I will definitely say I support these books, Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Go out there and get them. They're great, fun one shots. You know, I, I if we didn't believe in what ifs, Elseworlds, imaginary stories, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. But what's going to be nice is DC Comics will actually take all these one shots and be collecting them in either a hardcover or trade paperback. I forget. So if you've missed out and you want to just wait, that would be something to do. They'll be collected there. Uh, Marvel Comics on the other side of the fence. This week, they will be releasing Amazing Spider-Man issue 30, getting a second printing. So this is definitely going to be taking off. Uh, Spider-Man's going to be going through some major stuff right now uh, because of the absolute carnage. So this was a tie-in issue. So if you missed it last time, you'll definitely get a chance here. Amazing Spider-Man Red Goblin trade paperback will also be released this week. Again, just in time for the Carnage situation because this is when the Carnage symbiote and Norman Osborn merge together. So that's a lethal, lethal combination. Uh, Avengers issue 24 gets a second printing, and that is part of the Challengers of the Ghost Rider, which just concluded last week. So if you're missing a piece, that'll be a chance to get that as well. Black Panther issue 17 will be out this week. Dead Man Logan issue 12 will be out. That's right. Dead Man Logan, Old Man Logan, he's done. But that universe is not done. Uh, They recently just announced, I forget if it was the London Comic Con or the Paris Comic Con, but they recently just announced that they're going to be doing the Wasteland Avengers. So that'll be interesting. So I don't know. Hmm. I think it's going to be that world now. So it's going to be a future story as opposed to the space in between the event and then Old Man Logan. Okay. Uh, I believe Ed Breeson is on writing chores for that, so we're going to see... Um, we're going to see a lot of the kids grown up being superheroes because if I remember correctly, I think this will be uh, Baby Cage. I forget her first name, but I believe she will be grown oh, Danielle. up. Danielle. There you go. Danielle Cage. So I think she'll be grown up and she'll be the Captain America of that team. Okay. So, yeah, okay. so it's going to be some interesting stuff. But yeah, this is the final fate of Dead Man Logan. What will happen? Will he live? Will he die? Find out. Doctor Strange will get his new annual in this brand new series. Um, he's been going through a lot recently. Like they've been revamping his stories, uh, launching and canceling his title. And I think, if I remember correctly, I believe they actually gave him his hands back. Um, like he, that, he was a surgeon, but because of the car accident, he lost the ability. So I think now he's actually been cured of that. So what's going to be happening? But this one, I think this is going to be kind of more of a Halloween themed because some of those ancient relics that are in the Sanctum Centorium, they'll be coming to get you. So we'll see what's going to be happening there. Dawn of X continues this week with Excalibur number one. So if you are a major Psylocke fan, Captain Britain fan, or fan of the Braddock family, this is going to be the book to tune into because uh, Betsy Braddock will become the new Captain Britain. She will be wielding Excalibur, and she will be uh, her side blade will definitely be taking a little bit of change. On this team, we can see that we have Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Apocalypse, and I believe that is North Star, but I'm not too sure. Uh, but anyway, so yes, uh, the brand new Dawn is here. Uh, actually, I apologize. It's Richter. Uh, oh, he'll wow. be on the team. That's so, right. Yeah. We talked about that last week. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. Um, I know, Rafa, you said you read uh, Marauders last week. So what did, what did you think about that? So Marauders by far continues the whole Dawn of X. And 
Excalibur is one of the ones that I'm not the most looking forward to just because a lot of those characters are whatever for me. And Marauders, I felt kind of the same way. The only thing that I kind of had coming for me was the fact that it had Kitty and it had Emma Frost. But what I was kind of talking about before was with this issue, you know, it's even though it's not written by Hickman, it's definitely in Hickman's universe. Oh, yeah. And it, it really builds off of those characters. They're believable. It's fun. Kitty herself, uh, she has this kind of revelation where she doesn't want to be called Kitty anymore. She wants to be called Kate. So there is kind of that glow, uh, that, that glow up. And it's been really hard because in continuity, right? I felt... <laughs> With Astonishing X-Men, you know, we had this this young woman who has, who has grown up and she's trying to become her own and she's having these corpse with um, with Emma and then we have her grow up a little bit during Uncanny X-Men where she's now coming in and she's a teacher but still kind of young and then with the whole X-Men Gold, she was very aged and she just didn't read the way that I'm used to her. So with her kind of getting the the whole Batgirl of Burnside treatment, and she's kind of been de-aged in this, and she's young, she has a bit of a potty mouth, she has a broken nose, she's coming out with, like, her, and, like, her, her Red Queen attire, and showcasing her fists, and kind of showing, like, hey, yeah, I can't go be in Kokoa, this or that. It's very interesting, but I felt it was a breath of fresh air, and if you read her as everything that happened in, in X-Men Gold didn't occur, then I think it's still good, because it, to me, it's a continuation of her from Astonishing. She's still young, she's doing her thing, and there's a great scene in the story where you kind of get to see her permeation powers <laughs> utilized to their best efficiency, and we see exactly why she is such a tough person to fight, and what kind of training she has and what she does. Wow. But overall, it was a lot of fun. It's it's a play off of the Lonely Island song, I'm on a boat, because that's the <laughs> name of the issue. Um, but it's fun, and it's funny, and it incorporates a lot of different things. So it's 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 less serious compared to the other books, but it's has a lot of heart. And so with Excalibur, I think the saving grace is that Apocalypse is in it, and I'm excited to see what that's going to do. But so far, Dawn of X has been, again, we're living in the X-Men renaissance, so I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, right now, like, as Ralph, every time we meet up, I love when you say this, it's a great time to be an X Men fan. This is true. So, the wait. books are recharged and re energized. Go ahead. Why is Brian Braddock not Captain Britain? You got to read the issue. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's a good move just because, like, Captain Britain, like, he can obviously move up into something. Uh, we're we're, we're going to see, like, there's obviously, like, there's a time gap. I feel I feel like there's a time gap, so something must have happened. So we're going to peel back some of those layers. So, yes, what would happen to Brian himself? Betsy, I think it's a good move because, I don't know, like, I, the iconic look of Psylocke always goes to, you know, the, that bluish the swimsuit, the ninja look, and all that stuff. Uh, and right now we're going back to her British look, her royal look, which never was that appealing like she kind of looked more scared and and not so with it um so i think by taking her out of that british look and then putting her into captain britain i think maybe that'll be a good growth from the quote-unquote regression that she just went through yeah they're definitely building something but they're also not taking too many chances because they also have her character as quanon right in fallen yeah, angels be, yeah the, the body so quanon uh is back and yeah she'll be getting an in the original silent body right with like the ninja suit yeah with Laura and Kid Cable Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Wi-Fi. He's going to be back. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Continue along. Uh, fan, or sorry. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man issue 13 will be out. And again, this is Tom Taylor, so he's got a two for this week. Um, if you want to see him write the Fantastic Four, this is it. This is finally his big chance. So definitely go pick this one up. That book has been doing fantastic. In my opinion, I think it's doing better than the actual main Amazing Spider-Man book. So uh, Pete's been keeping some secrets. So what's going to happen and why the Fantastic Four there? <laughs> why not? So check it out. Fantastic Four Grand Design number one of two. That's right. If you liked X-Men Grand Design, 
The Fanny Four are going to be getting that same treatment as well. Uh, it won't be the same writer artist as it was for the X Men book. I can't think of his name, um, but Tom Scully. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. He will be doing his own grand design. I'm very hyped for this one. I love the Fantastic Four. Uh, it's going to be a two-part series, so I don't know how far they're going to go into the history of the Fantastic Four, if they're going to do spinoff issues, but this is great. I love these books because, again, this is something where, like, oh, I don't want to read these comics. Well, you should because there's classic stories, but at least with these grand designs, they can take those classic moments and put it into these nice, easy-to-read chunks, so that'll be fun. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one comes out. That's right. The gimmick is back, but this time I think they're going to – I think they see what's going on. I think they understand that we need to put a little bit more into it. So let's see what happens. Uh, thank you, Deceased, for bringing it back. So let's just hope that it's good. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Marvelverse trades will be starting out. I'm not too familiar with these. I'm very my, my interest is very piqued about it. But they're going to have Marvelverse Iron Man. And so with these, let me see if I can try to take a peek here. Okay. So they're going to reprint Marvel Adventures Iron Man 1 and 7, Iron Man issue 264, and then Iron Man issue number 1 from 1998. So uh, my guess on these is these are going to be like primer books. So if somebody's like, oh, I really like the Iron Man movies. What's some stuff I should read? These Marvel vs. Trades will be there for them. So it's not too bad. They have a price point of $9.99. So it's reprinting four comics inside. So, you know, $2.50 an issue. That's not too bad. So they will be launching Iron Man and Thanos this week. So if you're interested, or if you want to get kind of like a mini greatest hits, that might be a good way to look at it. Uh, Red Goblin, Red Death, number one will be out. This, again, will be revisiting Norman Osborn having a symbiote and tying into the uh, the whole absolute carnage. So this is going to be pretty wild because Norman's a sick mofo on his own, and you give him carnage, yikes. So yep. this will be a nice tie-in. Savage Avengers, the team you did not ask for, is getting their first annual um, this is going to take Conan, Hellstorm, and uh, Black Widow on the cover there, and they're going to be going on some crazy adventures. So we're going to see what happens uh, in this annual as well. I kind of like that Damien Hellstorm is going to be a part of that team. I think that'll definitely work for him. Silver Surfer Black comes to a conclusion. Uh, this has been one of the major space stories that's going on. Uh, Donnie Coates is the uh, is the madman behind this one. And uh, he's been doing a lot of architecture with the outer space scene. So I'm very curious to see what will be falling out of this book. Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy trade paperback, trade paperback will be out this week as well. So if you are a fan of the... This is Spider-Gwen, so this is still Ghost Spider. But this is going to be some of her early tales. So this is going to reprint her first appearance back in Edge of Spider-Verse number two, and then Spider-Gwen issues one through five of her first miniseries, and then Spider-Gwen issues one through six of her second miniseries. So if you want to get the original groundwork of what was going on, this will definitely be the one for you. Uh, Superior Spider-Man issue 12 will be out, and this will continue the adventures of Doc Ock and his craziness. Symbiote Spider-Man trade paperback. This will be uh, some new inserted tales into the classic era of the symbiote Spider-Man. Uh, we've got some true believers coming at us. So Karma, Shepanger, and Amago Sentinel, their first appearances will be reprinted together. And then true believers, Moira McTaggart, number one. Uh, these will be reprinting their first appearances all for a dollar each. Venom 19 will be out. And I'm sure that ties in. War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men trade paperback will be collected. This will collect the three-part miniseries. I recommend this because if you were a fan or if you were a little bit confused by Matthew Rosenberg's 
X-Men run, I think these three issues actually help because there is a time gap. So I want to say between like issues 15 and 16, they go off onto this War of the Realms adventure and then come back. So it'll definitely help you with why some of the characters were sounding a little bit different because they just came off a big crazy uh, case in that case. Does it come with anything extra? I think like three issues is too small for a... I, I think you're right. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Because, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll have the three-issue miniseries there and... Um, material from War of the Realms War Scrolls number two. So huh. actually, this will be kind of a short trade. I mean, okay. for four comics at best, but it does carry a price point of fifteen ninety nine. So I think that actually is still cheaper than buying the actual issues. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you want to get a complete understanding of Rosenberg's run, which I do appreciate. I do highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I didn't go for it when it was first solicited, but I wound up reading it. and I was like, wow, I should have. So it definitely helped me with mine. Uh, X Men Star Jammers will be out, so it looks like there's going to be some adventure coming their way. Uh, they're actually going back to some Dave Cochran era tales there and reprinting that. X Men Trial of the Juggernaut. So this is kind of the first time where we see old Juggy decide to be like, hey, maybe I don't want to be a bad guy. Uh, so these were some fun stories there. And then last but not least, What If Classic: The Complete Collection Volume Two. That's right. Um, our show has motivated Marvel Comics to reprint, the reprint their uh, <laughs> What If Tales, and so they're doing a great collection of those. So if you love all this stuff we talk about and you want to get in on some of those early adventures that inspired us, DC has been doing a trade collection of the Elseworlds, and Marvel is now doing a collection of the What If. So buy them, keep them, or give them to me. But either way, <laughs> that's what's on your spinner racks this week. I mean, we did uh, a whole episode just about Elseworlds. We have to do a whole episode of about what if sometime. I'd like it. You know, we'll let Marvel know so that way they can send some comp and material away. And then the other thing that kind of inspired our, our show is we'll have to do a whole episode about, uh, was it um, Stanley's Just Imagine? Ooh, yeah, that was a fun one. Right? That, that would be a fun That's kind of like exactly what we do. It's, he gave a lot of the DC characters Marvel character uh yeah, characterization he took character- dc properties and gave him marvel characterizations and marvel yeah. origins yeah so rafa you weren't here last week I so not. uh i don't know if you have any uh, of your favorite elseworld issues that you'd like to just bring up real quick i loved um i mean i don't know if it's considered elseworld but i think it is kingdom come yes yeah kingdom we talked kingdom about that come one it's, it's definitely my favorite it is definitely one of the greatest pieces so when i first got it because i got like the trade paperback and it was in my collection forever because i mean it looked really pretty you know Josh, uh what is it? alex ross. ross alex ross he has some of the greatest art ever and the fact that it's a continuous alex ross story yeah. with the art was amazing but i read it at a time when i had just finished you know infinite crisis i read through some stories that i would have read final crisis so i was kind of getting a lot of that information and when i read this story i loved it because not only does it play with the whole illusion of what it means to be a hero, but in a world where heroes are oversaturated and doesn't exist anymore, where did Superman go? And mm-hmm. his comeback is so triumphant, and it's one of those stories that's just amazing. Um, another Elseworld that I really like is Superman Red Sun. Okay. To me, that story, I read at a time when I was really kind of delving into what are the best Superman stories. And for an Elseworld, it still provides something that I'm able to look at and go, you know, sup- we are very lucky that Superman landed in in um, America. Smallville, right, in America, yeah. <laughs> because if that hadn't happened, you know, how easy it could have been for it to be something completely different. I liked the romance that he had with Wonder Woman and kind of how they built on that. I liked the the, the Russian version of, of uh, Batman, which is very, very <laughs> interesting. Uh, so those are like two of my top favorites for sure. And then 
I forget the name of what it is right now, but there's this other story of um, it's a, it's another Superman story, and this one deals it's a it's a trade paperback. I think it's not a secret origin, but it's something like that, and it deals in a world where his name is Clark Kent, and he meets somebody named Lois Lane. Oh yeah, we talked about that. It was a uh, secret identity. Secret identity. Secret identity, yeah. secret identity is my favorite Superman story of all time, mm-hmm. and I think you know the modernization of someone who comes through and tries to live his life to be something greater than that, and how Superman already exists, and it's kind of a play on mm-hmm. oh you're a Superman, and then he actually really is Superman. Yeah is some of the best storytelling I've ever had the pleasure of reading. <laughs> but if I had to go with just something that just makes me happy, I love any time that Batman and Superman team up to fight predators and aliens. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't get enough of that. One particular was Superman versus aliens, because um, I remember having a conversation with a man a long time ago. Uh, this happened maybe like two years ago, three years ago. I was at the laundromat with my mom, because we, we needed to wash some, some, some of our... our uh, not pillows the thing that we blankets so we're there <laughs> we're doing our thing right and i have i have the trade i have aliens versus superman and i'm reading it and it's fun because you know like you're seeing superman with long hair this 90 superman oh, you're ready to fight yes. xenomorphs and it was the art was beautiful and i just some guy just comes up to me he's like hey man who do you think would win in a fight and, you know it's very unbelievable superman could, couldn't kill an alien i'm like sir you're telling me that superman could not beat this acid man this acid penis phallic creature of the night <laughs> He could take on hordes of them and be okay. And so it was just a very interesting conversation that I had with this man who had no concept of Superman's power set. He just thought, I've seen the movie Alien, and that alien was terrifying. There's no way (laughs) Superman could take it. I'm like, maybe if Superman was depowered? Maybe. Maybe if the Xenomorphs had some kryptonite inside them or their spit take, their their acid spit was kryptonite. That's the only way. I like the way, though, going back to that that Superman versus the aliens, I like the way they did it because he was out of our solar system. Uh. And as we've seen with Superman, hence why we had the whole electric blue powers because at one point, that was in continuity. Mm. That tale was. like They tried to make sure that when they did those crossovers, Batman versus Predator, that was in continuity. Green Lanterns versus aliens, so I'm going to have to try to find those issues for you, Rafa. So that was a fun one. And we get to see what's going on there. And so, yeah, like Superman just finds himself outside our galaxy as time is continuing on. His powers are waning. Yeah. So this is where it's like the cleverness of Clark Kent has got to save Superman. That was a tough sentence to say. <laughs> but it was really good. I enjoyed that one. That was a fun one. I'm I like the way they, they put him in there. If Superman puts Xenomorph in a, in like a, in a headlock and just crushes its head within its biceps, game over. That's I mean. It. Oh, yeah. Heat vision alone yeah, takes care of. Doesn't he have to of, get close? No. Yeah, perfect. He could take care of them. He could just fly through them. The ass <laughs> is not going to hurt them. <laughs> no, perfect. If you want for fun, just punch one into the sun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Rafa. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to everybody's attention. Um, like I said earlier, this is the end of our Joker month. We kind of did a whole month of Joker to celebrate. Yet the movie and the character in general and what we liked about the character and the stories that we've read throughout the, the throughout our history. Um, we talked a little bit about Elseworlds. We talked a little bit about, um, you know, uh, different types of jokers, why, you know, what it is that Joker brings to the, to the table and stuff like that. So with all that being said, uh, we wanted to just come up with a supernatural themed issue. Like we're going to come up with our own story. Uh, like we like to do here every once in a while. And come up with a team. I decided it should be a team of five, including the Joker, so six in total. He would be the leader. Why is he the leader? Why is he getting people together? And then the heroes that would go up against him. So, with all that being said, should I go first? Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. So, uh, we have... I mean, I had my notes down. 
I'll just give you my story. The Joker has the best idea for a Halloween trick, quote unquote trick. We need uh, he needs the dead to rise for a big thriller undead dance party. Awesome, already <laughs> already digging it. And using the waters from the from Swa- Slaughter Swamp, uh, the Irish runes of Silver Banshee, the light from the Eclipso Diamond, and the combined magics of Felix, Felix Faust and Cersei. Uh, we can all expect a dead man's party on a global scale. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can hear Danny Elfman in the background. <laughs> so if you if you picked up on all those villains, uh, the Joker's going to get Solomon Grundy together, uh, Eclipso, and it doesn't need to be any one particular Eclipso. He gets a hold of the diamond. He can make anybody into an Eclipso. Cersei, uh, Wonder Woman villain, who's all about magic. Silver Banshee, who's a formidable foe for uh superman who is on very much a magical scale yep. and then felix faust who is very much in the biggest uh, prick of the universe <laughs> very good <laughs> very good uh and they're gonna all come together I, and to me in my vision uh the joker has doused them all with joker venom oh, or yes. joker gas <laughs> yes. whichever it is to make them jokerized okay nice so you got you got all that going on and then feeling the, deser- the disturbance in the realm of the dead, Chris is going to kill me, Boston Brand seeks, out, seeks help in stopping the Joker from creating a superpowered world of the dead, so he recruits Mitch Shelley, the Resurrection Man, and the Bride, the Bride of Frankenstein, to, com- to combat, and this is the villain team name, The Laugh. Ooh, <laughs> nice. My hero team name, The Dead. Because it's Dead Man, Resurrection Man, and The Bride. That's dope. Nice. So That's they're, dope. they're all people that have already been dead yeah so i'm digging i'm digging cool that's that's my team that's what that's what i was like i I mean i just really liked the idea of this joker coming up with a plan like because the joker we know doesn't usually have a plan it's more of chaos but i i wanted him to just be like "Ah, i need to do some big extravagant thing for halloween and what's better than having the dead rise i know we're already doing deceased so uh, I'm not doing anything original with the zombies, but like Eclipso fueled Joker Venom uh, uh, Slaughter Swamp zombies would be pretty I mean, awesome. You've got some heavy hitters there. You know, right? <laughs> that, that's not like your your random rogues gallery. That those are some some powerful people that are going to come together and the the whole idea of it being like this big boogie of a shenanigans for the Joker <laughs> with like these big time players to kind of showcase. Like I love it, just the, the sheer scope of it, but also just the absurdity of it. I love all of that. Yeah, yeah, I like how like I mean it's a dead man's party. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun and and I love how it's Boston Brand who's like, no, <laughs> please, it's no. not a dead man's party. Let's, let's, let's not do this. So I dig it. That would I be did. the name of the book too, Dead Man's Party, and oh. it'd be Boston Brand right there on the front. Nice. I, it up. I, <laughs> I bought it up. three copies already. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I need um, Rafa. Why don't you go next? So mine is kind of similar to yours. We got the Joker. It is the night before Halloween, and the Joker wants to have a huge, huge surprise for Gotham City, and he wants it to be a special day, specifically for Batman. Even though technically Batman is off-world, so the fact that Batman is off-world, he thinks to himself, "You know what? What's the best gift that I can make? Halloween every day for when he comes back, and that's going to be in Gotham City." So the issue starts off with him stumbling upon an ancient room rune that is housed by the Court of Owls. Ooh. He is given this information by Lady Shiva, who has been told by Raish to go do this because there's a secondary plot to this. But basically, Joker comes in, guns a-blazing, steals this powerful rune, and what it does is it gives him this ancient magic which allows him to control 
creatures of the DC universe. And specifically, he wants to be very festive because it is Halloween. So what he does is he uses his opportunity to take over Shade. Ooh. And so Shade with New 52 stands for the superhuman. I had it written here. The Superhuman Advanced Defense Executive. And basically, they are led by Frankenstein's monster himself and his creature commandos. So basically what he does is with this rune, he takes control of the creature commandos. So he creates a team of these of these amulet-empowered people, Medusa, who's a Gorgon, Vincent Velicoro, who's a vampire, Warren Griffith, who's the werewolf, and Kelly, who's an Egyptian mummy. And so he goes old school with this and basically utilizes them in order to, to create a kind of monster squad scenario where all of these villains are out there and just kind of tormenting the people of Gotham. And as they're out there doing all of these things, for the most part, they're out of control. Like, these are... The creature commandos aren't bad guys. They're aligned with good, and they do, like, behind-the-scenes special op things with Frankenstein. But under this powerful rune that Joker has, they're just causing mayhem. Like, um, Vincent becomes full lichen, and he's out there destroying things. Um, But to add to it, as this is happening... Joker also unleashes Solomon Grundy just to be destroying parts of the city. <laughs> he goes forward and he lets Man-Bat escape. So Man-Bat and the other vampire are going off doing their own things. And then the best part is he actually is in cahoots fully with Scarecrow, who creates this powerful pheromone to be mixed with the ancient magic. So it creates very powerful fear for everyone in Gotham. So there's this huge dome where everyone in Gotham is paralyzed by this fear of these monsters that they come near and so they can't do anything about it. So it is a free-for-all of just complete nightmares and Gotham's people in Gotham are also affected by this we have Nightwing who is in a corner just shivering because he's so afraid Batwoman Batgirl nobody can take it but there are two people in Gotham who are not affected by this and they're the two coolest people and that is Mr. Young Damian Wayne and the fantastic Cassandra Kane. and wow, they team nice. up they team up with um Damian's uh Goliath right like his giant dragon bat right. that he uses in Son of Bat And so together they go forth with Frankenstein who shows up to take back the creature commandos in order to stop Joker on this thing. There's going to be a lot of backstabbing because this whole thing is the subplot where Raish is trying to use Joker, like he had Lady Shiva give him this information in order to go and try to usurp Father Time, who's the one in charge of Shade, because now he doesn't, he's he's defenseless, but that doesn't work out. Ultimately, Joker's just having a good time. Though it's him creating this mess and we see him fighting different parts, I want there to be a, a moment where he, his last Hail Mary is he combines with Clayface to become Joker Face. We've seen it once before. And so it's like this whole nightmare infused thing and how I have this very specific scene in mind where these people are being attacked by these monsters and we just see Cassandra just show up in her orphan suit and like they're saying like everything who is this monster? Just I'm the knight. She's just beating people up. <laughs> so the whole idea is it's a very Halloween festive with old school monsters and Cassandra and Damien trying to Keep order in Gotham because they're just too they're too stubborn to be afraid. Yes. And that'd be my story. Nice. Man, you really put the Bat family down. And I like that because like with Damien and Cassandra, I think there's something neat. In my opinion, they were never children. Mm, so like that's, that's why they nick. never developed fears or they have that 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 
mythology that we kind of put into Halloween. That's so true. I dig that. I like that. I also like the the idea of the creature commandos ha- having to do bad against their will. Like, right. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, in in their book, they're already they know that they're the monsters, but they're trying to do good. And the fact that this would probably be killing them on the inside, that they're yep. you know out of control and not not being able to do it. So then, at the end of the issue, when I'm sure Frankenstein destroys the rune and they help defeat uh, Joker or Joker Face, and you know he's they, they're 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 celebrating as the heroes, and people are still throwing stuff mm-hmm. at them and pitchforks and torches come out it's just it it sounds great and there's a lot of elements that could be thrown in it's a fun halloween type story but i feel that yeah it can have all of those things put into it and when i was writing this i was thinking to myself you know what do i want from a halloween story and to me it's like i was thinking about i mean i could do dracula because yeah dracula was once in a dc comic book but i thought about the first person i thought about was frankenstein and i thought of frankenstein when he's with amethyst and like they have their swords and they're fighting bad guys mm-hmm. and so i went back to new 52 and thought oh let's let's try the creature commandos creatures that for the most part in the dc aren't really utilized but their iconography with the creatures that they're supposed to represent are and i just i like that idea of yeah like chris you put it perfectly what i was thinking it's these two people that weren't really kids and so like what do they fear? Mm-hmm. And so for them, it's like, no, this toxin is nothing. I'm going to go fight this werewolf. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to keep these people safe because Batman's not here. Because the only other person that would have been fine would have been Batman. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> at the beginning when you said, uh, it, I don't know, something in your in what you said with, I think, the Joker and Halloween, it triggered in my mind, like, the Joker getting a handful of villains together and then dressing them up as the oh. Justice League. Like, straight up trick-or-treating. <laughs> I like looking. that. But like, but doing terrible things. So you have, uh, I don't know. Maybe you could have uh, Solomon Grundy in a Superman suit. Kind uh, of. You got to put him in a Flash suit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it would look ridiculous. It, I mean, yeah. Who, I mean, who? I don't know exactly who you'd put in every. Maybe Joker himself puts on a Batman suit, kind of thing. It's just. It, I just. I don't know. From my in my head, I was like, that'd be kind of funny. Which is kind of the, the Dark Avengers thing. But like, I think of it more of. Is just silly instead of being yeah, instead of it being real faced. It's just goofy. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like about it. Because when I think of like if we're talking about Halloween horror, you know, right, like right. to me, Arkham Asylum, the story is horror just from the way that it's drawn. Yeah, like those those themes. To but to me, like a good Halloween story can have those elements of horror, but we want to have a little bit of that silliness, right? That that humanity that allows it to kind of seep through. Mm-hmm. And of course, in my head, when I was putting this together, of course, the Court of Owls would have some kind of stupid rune <laughs> yes, that would course. do this. So, <laughs> and I wanted Joker and the Court of Owls to like mix for a moment. I mean, has there been storylines where the Joker's mixed with the Quarter Owls, done something with them? Like, how could they not with, when I, they've been around Gotham for so long? I so. I don't think they've really had a big interaction. I think the closest I could think of is during Endgame where Batman goes to the Quarter Owls saying, hey, Joker has Jokerized the city. They're destroying my city. They're destroying your city. I need your help. They're like, we don't care. I think that's the closest that I can uh. think of off the top of my head. Because even with them, I mean, they're very behind the scenes doing their own thing. They're just kind of like, to me, they're like that 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 force that they're just waiting to see. Like, okay, we'll see who's left standing, and then we'll pick well, up the pieces. Well, I mean, also the the quarter vowels is supposed to be a bunch of wealthy elite socialites, and and the way that we kind of depict it now is that uh, when rich people or when when regular people are scared and frightened, rich people you know get more they achieve they get more money and stuff like that so it's uh i I would imagine them wanting the joker to be let loose and just terrorizing the city just it's like oh that just means you know 
shitty part of the town is going to go down in, in, in money. This this one's going to go up. People are going to buy more stuff to replace that's the stuff true. that's being loose. So we just get more and more. It's the beauty of the 1%, and they're going to call <laughs> us all jokers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're all a bunch of clowns. <laughs> all right, you Chris. introduce me as the joker? Is <laughs> <laughs> that Jack Nicholson? A little bit. Oh. I was actually, I was, I was, it was David Harbour, but instead of saying grouch. Uh. But yeah, I can I can do the whole show this way if you guys like. No. Uh, tell me, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? That scares me. I always ask that of all my prey before I tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, I'm shooting from the hip here. I'm not going to lie. So I, this is where I'm going to play with the idea that it is a Joker story, but he is not the mastermind behind it. So Rachel Ghoul is just sick of humanity. You know, and it kind of plays in the idea of the 1%. And it's like, let's let these clowns finish each other off. So he's like, all right. So he gets his major guys together. He recruits Black Manta. He's like, look, you are a champion of the seas. You are sick and tired of what's going on. So let's let's take this stuff back. You know, Black Adam, you have Kandak. Your people have always been distressed. You're going to be in the same boat as me. And Felix Faust, you're just a greedy SOB, so I want you on my team. <laughs> so those four decide, okay, let's put all this stuff together. So now they got to go get their tools. So the reason now I'm going to break your rule, I'm actually going to wind up having a seven-person team because of the totem that is going to be used. Uh-huh. So they're going to recruit Dr. Impossible. Now, he's a character that's virtually a blank slate. Uh, this goes back into when Brad Meltzer was writing his Justice League. Right. So there's a lot of flexibility this character, but I like it because I see him as kind of like a an anti-Mr. Miracle. Right. So Mr. Miracle is a powerful player. So again, with mysticism and stuff like that, but he's going to bring in the technology side of it and obviously help with them, their escapes and protection. So he's there mainly for the main four to protect them. Uh, Solomon Grundy is going to be used again. I, guess, I think we all, he's we a all great used character to, play with him. him yeah. But I'm also going to take another element from Brad Meltzer's. This one, they're going to have this Solomon Grundy but they're going to give him to the Joker, and obviously the Joker being the seventh member of the team. So Joker's going to keep killing Solomon Grundy over and over until he finds that lunatic version of Solomon Grundy. So this is going to be a Jokerized Grundy, but not wow. in the classic way we've seen it. Just okay. like, the, you know, he pulls him up, there's a nerdy one, kills it. Pulls him up, there's a jock one, kills it. You know, just all these different ones. And then finally he just gets one who's like a Grundy who's just laughing. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, there we go. So again, everything always has to start in Gotham City. So let's go over there. So what's going to happen is they are actually going to go on the hunt and they are going to be looking for Dr. Occult. Why Dr. Occult, you ask? Because he has his mystic symbol of the seven. So I always love playing with sevens. The original Justice League is seven members and stuff like that, the Magnificent Seven. So my seven bad guys will actually take on Dr. Occult. They'll overpower him and they'll get the mystical seven, the mystical symbol of the seven. Uh, with that, it, it basically can repel and exercise various supernatural beings and it can even repel other forms of energy so with this and kind of the the science behind dr impossible this will help them because they'll be able to repel superman's energy now it's like well wait a second what do you mean that, that solar energy so they'll be able to depower him uh supernatural uh characters dr fate and wonder woman they'll be able to take them down so this is going to set them up um and again you know they think like oh you know we're we're this great injustice league 
And so they're very proud of it. But again, their major tools that are going to be on the forefront will be Joker and Grundy. And again, Grundy's in that very Joker fashion. So these, you know, the Joker's like, here I am with my street clowns. Let's have a great time. And, you know, the main bad guys are kind of like, we don't like this. (laughs) But as they've seen before, you can't really confront Joker because it can lead to you dying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Dr. Impossible's like, I can probably take care of you, but I don't know what I could do against somebody like the Joker. So they've got their totem their goal is to basically reset humanity once again and then joker's just like hey i'm just out to have a great time um and the best part about this is uh, the way i want to play it up is obviously the justice league's going to be called in they're going to be going against it and rachel ghoul because he's rachel ghoul he's going to be like we have to take down batman like this is what has to happen and right as he's about to do it like he's actually going to be successful i mean you've got faust you've got black adam you've got black manta you've got dr boswell got all this stuff set up to hold it down they're about to kill it and Joker's going to be there and he's like what are you doing? (laughs) You can't kill him. He's my favorite. So the Joker (laughs) is actually going to be the one that causes the chaos but he winds up saving you know humanity in this one. So I thought it'd be kind of a neat little play against what we're expecting and then in the end it'll just have that twist and then Grundy's just going to be laughing the whole time. So (laughs) that's kind of my quick quick short story there. (laughs) I mean it's a good story. I love the the big heavy hitters that you put in there. I mean Black Mana and, and Black Adam that's that's pretty incredible right there. I mean, the hate is palpable, which is those two characters themselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, that's what I love. Because, like, I, I, I don't know. Marvel just recently put out a Doctor Doom story and our Doctor Doom comic book. And I've been thinking about Doctor Doom. And I always think to myself, like, could you imagine if Doctor Doom exists in the DC Universe? Who is he? What is he? You know, and, and the closest ones that I can come to are, like, Rachel Ghoul and Black Adam. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why have those two never teamed up? Like, they would be perfect, you know? And, like, I think that even goes back to when they had that Dark Knight's The the, the Immortal Men. It's like, weren't those two characters mm-hmm. that were on that? And it's like, that would be great. I don't so, remember if Black Adam was on that or not. Probably not, because I mean, that would have been a great idea. I pretty early, but, <laughs> it, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, so I'd love to have that, you know, like that, the Council of the Origin or something like that, you know, <laughs> the true Council of Humanity. And it would just be great for them to be like, no, what, what humanity has become is a disease, so we need to fix it. And it's like <laughs> you kind of side with their goals, but at the same time, they're just too crazy. <laughs> you can see their motivations. And I like, again, you know, all best laid plans always have something that goes wrong, especially when the Joker's involved. Because, again, yeah, right when they're about to have that, that finishing winning punch, all it takes is Joker to slip on a banana peel and like, oops, and the whole plan explodes. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful because, again, even though, like I said before, one of my favorite things that I've ever read ever was in DC Metal when Joker and Batman team up once in a lifetime yeah. to take on the Batman, <laughs> Batman Who Laughs. Have, have we seen the Batman Who Laughs without the mask on? Um, I do think you see it in the in his seven issue mini. Um, okay. I think at a moment I don't I can't recall too much. I think it just looks like Bruce Wayne, but just completely, just jokered out like okay. with his eyes like red. I could be wrong, but um, that that's what I can remember. That's interesting. Nice. But I mean, yeah, it, it plays up to that dynamic again of like that forever, not bromance, but that <laughs> forever hatred and like duality. Of both the Joker and Batman. And how it's become such an iconic part in just culture itself that we have like this man who dresses as a bat fighting a clown. And it just makes sense. Yeah. And it becomes like this archetype to like thematic fights. It's just, it's amazing. Which kind of brought an interesting thought to my head. What happens when uh, White Knight from Batman White Knight, so Joker, human Joker, goes up against the Batman who laughs? Like, what happens in that? 
Oh Showdown. my god! Because that's oh like the god. tables are flipped. Because mm-hmm. your your White Knight Joker is basically a Bruce Wayne. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still a genius and all this stuff. And then your Batman who laughs is a crazy twisted mofo. That is a good um, Sean Gordon question. Like I think that's, we have to it's not bad. ask him that on it, you have to ask him that on Twitter. That's it, a great Sean one. Gordon and uh, Scott Snyder. Yeah, Scott, Scott Snyder came up with Batman who laughs. Right. I will find some great character images for you, and we got to ask him that. Yeah, all right. Also, shout out to last week's um, Batman Superman number three. And oh, the incorporation yes. of a blue beetle, like Joker blue beetle, Ooh, horrifying. Wow. Horrifying. Hey. Uh, yeah, the scarab. Yeah. To go off on a little bit of a tangent, uh, Kingdom Come Superman is, is relevant in the stories right now, right? Yes. Uh, he recently had a, um, I believe it was Justice League 33. Forgive me if I'm off by an issue or two. Um, so with this whole, like, uh, doom, the uh, Justice Doom War going on. So a lot of the heroes are being called out, and so we see this big splash page of DC heroes from various time and Elseworlds and all this stuff flying through. So you see the Kingdom Come Superman, and yeah, yeah, he's recently featured there. I don't know if the newest issue has come out because I'm, I'm a bit behind. So either he has done something, or maybe we will see him do something. Uh, what was also interesting on that big splash page, and now everybody caught wind of it, um, Night Owl was on that. Yeah. And it's like, huh? Now, I personally, I think it was just something that the artist drew for fun. I don't think it was supposed to be anything more than that. But Night Owl from Watchmen? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah, he's in a Justice League book. So yes. it's like, hmm. Interesting. I, mean, I, I hope there's something more to it. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, with all that being said, what's your last thoughts on the Joker since we're putting a close to the Joker month? Joker is one of those characters that, I mean, if you would ask me just how iconic this character could become, like when he was first created, if I existed when this character was first created and there was this idea like, oh, we got this man, he's going to dress up as a clown, that's a gimmick, he's going to take on this man who dresses up as a bat, right? <sighs> I would have never thought that it would have got to the level where it is. Yeah. We talked about before how Batman is on in a league of his own when it comes to these amazing stories. And that's because there's care and there's themes and there's symbolism to everything that he does. And even though you'll find a crappy Batman story here and there, more times than not, you'll find a really good story. Talking about Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, I mean, this just since 2011, they've created some of the greatest stories we've ever had in recent memory. And there were so many before that. And how Joker has just kind of grown with the Batman mythos. Because it's not so much anymore like, oh, who's Batman's bad guy? Oh, it's the Joker. Mm -hmm. The fact that we can have this huge Twitter debate about, you know, the Joker being the greatest movie of all time, whether or not I liked it or not, it's still cool to think about the idea of how such an iconic character can be created and how if DC continues to kind of give us this interesting kind of like multiverse of different stories, you kind of get your pick of which Joker you liked, whether it's Jack Nicholson to... Um, Mark Hamill to um, Jared, um, Leto. Jared Leto and even to the fantastic Heath Ledger, right? Because um, sure. Joaquin Phoenix did a great job, but you kind of get a taste of what that is. And so you know, people can identify him, which, which can be scary because hopefully you shouldn't have to identify with the homicidal maniac. But on top of that, he's this character who time and time again comes up against the epitome of hope and just perseverance because Batman 
is that one-man army who is always prepared and always showcases that when you think you can't do something, he will do it. When the odds are stacked against him, he is a one-man who will find the drive and he will push himself forward even if he has a broken back, even if nobody believes in him. He is a character that always, always, always perseveres. And for there to always be that stab in the back of that Joker always clinging onto him, always trying to take him down, that is the sto- that, that's the story of human endearment. That's the story of human engagement of who we are as people. Those people, those naysayers that try to stop us, hopefully we don't have a Joker in our lives who's trying to destroy yeah. us. But the whole idea is... I appreciate the idea of the Joker because it gives such a powerful character like Batman such an astounding foil to go up against and how one day, I mean, it's always that idea, how many people would have Batman saved if he had just taken out the Joker, right? And it, it adds so much philosophy, so much depth, so much symbolism to this already rich and complex character history that we have. And again, I, I think I so I I'm very appreciative of what we have because we can sit here in a podcast, and to those of you listening at home, you can kind of listen to these ideas and come up with your own as well. And I think that's special beyond belief. Chris, I, I man, first, do you that was just amazing stuff. I know I don't Rama, know how we're gonna follow that up, know, but Chris, um, first before you start, do you, do you remember? Does does the the Joker with the dragon tattoo also be included with <laughs> with what Rafa was just saying? Yes, he does. Because uh, I think that's I think that falls under Grant Morrison's Joker. I think so too. Um, you know, and and that's the thing. Like I've I've learned to make my peace with with these things because ultimately it comes down to this. Like the word adaptation. Look it up. And it's it's you know it's somebody else's presentation of what they think it is. Yeah. And so like. I get what the movie The Joker is about. You know, it's it is a joke. It's a meta joke. It's like, hey, these comic book films are doing great. Look at what he's done to cinema. Yeah, I mean, now Martin Scorsese and uh, all these other directors are coming out and being like, oh, these movies are trash. And it's like, hey, dude, that's cool. Like, you can have an opinion. Um, and I love the fact that it backfired. It's kind of like, well, now this Joker film is the greatest crime R-rated movie ever. And it's like, yeah, take that taxi driver yeah. like how do you like that yeah. now now the very thing you went like i mean the joker movie has become a joker in itself but anyways that's a whole another discussion for another time uh the joker character to me i think he's great um i've been lucky enough that the way i learned about comics i learned about it like very much in the golden age to the modern age and then everything in between um the joker is just perfect like there's three characters i really i think about and i endure and i think about them when i have a bad day Batman, the Joker, and the Punisher, because all three of them have just had one horrible day. And no matter how much I think my day may suck, I go to those characters and I think about it. It's like, well, do I handle it like Bruce Wayne where I say I take the trauma and I use it to help people? Do I take it like Frank Castle and I take the trauma and I use it to say not again? Or do I take the drama and I, I, I use it like the Joker and I say, let's just have a laugh about it. Um, hopefully you just keep it as a laugh, not something crazy. Right. But right. the thing is, uh, so anyway, so I mean, I think he's just a great character. He's such a great foil. Um, he's got a lot of stories. Some of them are hit. Some of them are missed. Um, and I just, I appreciate it. And I like, I like that he doesn't get used often. Because that way, when he does resur- when he does come back, it's great. Like yeah. I think about that. You know, I forget where I saw it. Maybe it was Justice League, or it was one of the animated shows, and they were like, "Man, you want to be scared? Have Batman tell you Joker stories." <laughs> and that's what I love. I just I think the Joker's such a great character. Um, 
I, I hope people don't emulate him because there is some there is some sickness there. But I just I think he's great. Uh, it's it's very understandable for why he is the way he is. But then at the same time, I hope they keep that mystique about him because when they did give us Wolverine's origin, it took a lot away from him. I loved that as Wolverine would continue on in the comic story, maybe there'd be some peel back, but not the full reveal. So I hope we get to keep that mystique with the Joker, and I just I, I appreciate it for what it is. I, I think he's a great character, and I love to see when people add to the character instead of just taking away from it. Yeah. Uh, personally, I as much as I love Batman, I think of Batman and Joker as being the same person. To me, it's it kind of like what you said, having that one bad day. Um, the Joker just went the other direction. Like they really are both geniuses. They they know what they do. Every move they make is methodical. It's just the Joker doesn't make it look like it is. It looks. It just looks like pure randomness when he does it. Um, the Joker. That's why. Like, I love that what we're doing right now with um with the Batman who laughs and uh dark or Batman uh, White Knight. Like the idea of of the Joker being the Joker, but not, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it's it's just the idea that you can have both characters on the screen and the Batman will know. He'll know what it is that's inside the Joker's mind, but also not know. Because I think that's the the whole, like, self-examination, right? Like, you kind of come up with these ideas of what it is. why Why do I do the things that I do? But then you don't really know. Like you don't really understand it, so that, I mean, to me, that's just their 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 dynamic. The why, the reason why the Batman can never actually put down the Joker. The same yeah. reason why the Joker can never put down the Batman. Like we we they always write it as the Joker won't kill the Batman because then who would he play with? Who's yeah. his friend? But I think to me, it's it's more the well because it's him. Like how do you? I mean, you don't you're not gonna just go and take yourself out like that. I mean, great to your point. I mean, thinking back to like the Dark Knight Returns, right? The whole idea of how when Batman goes away, Joker's like in a coma. Yeah. Like he becomes comatose, and then when he comes back, Joker all of a sudden is okay. <laughs> time to go back to play. <laughs> That's, yeah, like you, you hit it right on the nail. Yeah. So if you have opinions on the Joker and uh, want to share it with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia G-E-M. Also find Chris on Twitter at? Uh, stuff I should say should be spelled S-H-U-D. Uh, also find his writings at oh yeah check me out on adventures in poor taste i've got some reviews over there uh rafa where can people find you on twitter on twitter you can find me as mobile rafi your entertainment system on a go and also on youtube where i showcase a lot of my toy collections also at mobile rafi <laughs> the rest of geek elite media is at geek elite media on twitter at geek elite media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek elite media is our facebook page check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.